Hi, this is Tess from London, England, and I am a GSPN.TV Plus member. Now, when people hear I'm a Plus member, they often say to me, Tess, my dear, don't you realise that this Plus membership thing is all a big scam? Here you are sending your hard-earned English pounds over the internet to some dashed colonial fella you've never met, who probably still owes King George III a couple hundred years of back taxes. And all you get for it is uncountable hours of top-quality podcasting entertainment and the joy of knowing you're helping at least one poor soul escape a soul-sucking job in insurance. What's up with that? And then there's this pause, and they go, Oh. And I see the light of realisation in their eyes, and the next thing you know, they're annoying you by writing on the gspn.tv forum that John Locke sucks, and how if you play Danielle Rousseau's message backwards at half speed, it actually says, join the community. So you have to be careful how you spend your cash. Instead of wasting 10 bucks a month to support Cliff and Stephanie live lives of open authenticity, you could buy like three lattes and maybe a muffin. So you know what to do, right? Right. GSPN.TV plus membership. Sign up today or we'll nag you again tomorrow. Community Voice Podcast, episode number seven. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Community Voice Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and of course, this is where we give you, the community of GSPN.TV, a voice where we learn a little bit more about each other, and uh, today is no different. We are going to be talking with Tess from the UK. Tess, welcome to the Community Voice. Hi, Cliff. It's great to be here. I'm glad to have you here and to have you join us. Now, um, for those who don't know, Tess has been uh, probably one of our greatest contributors to one of our maybe lesser known podcasts of our network called the About the Church Podcast. And you you basically have sent some wonderful feedback, always thought-provoking, leading us to some great uh, discussions and, and topics of, of various natures. And of course, in just a brief few moments after we're finished here, we're, I think we're even going to record an episode of the About the Church podcast. Is that correct? And that's going to be very exciting. It is. It is. She's going to she's gonna hang me against the wall. and no. <laughs> I'm not. I'm I, not. No, honest. No, I, I, I'm just joking. Uh, but seriously, we, we're going we're gonna to try to know a little bit more about Tess. And so uh, to start things off, just uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, I'm 37 years old and I'm from the north of England, from Yorkshire originally. But I've been down in London. Uh, earning a living um, for about 15 years and uh, I currently work on, as a uh, oil trader uh, for a hedge fund that's based out of Miami so I'm kind of their their woman in London as it were okay which is a very exciting kind of uh, job especially over the last year as you can possibly imagine um, and I live on a narrow boat uh, which is like a small barge for those people who have not heard of one um, on a canal to the west of London uh, which is a really cheap way of, of living, but the best part of it is the great community around here because it's about 50 boats all in a, all in a line and uh, everyone's kind of very kind of practical, community-focused kind of people. So 
Um, it's really easy to get on with. So if you've ever lived in a community where you don't know even your next door neighbours, as I certainly have, and I'm sure most people have, this is uh, a completely different world where everyone knows everyone. It's like an old-style village. Um, but I've just bought this uh, place in South Wales, which I'm looking to move to, which is pretty cool. It's a little, small little wooden house. And that's kind of my ambition to get out of the rat race and go and live there and grow grow chickens and uh and uh and vegetables that is that is that sounds very exciting actually i know that one of the things that i kind of regret where i live is, is the fact that we don't know our neighbors and we do know them i mean it's not like we're antisocial, but we we basically all have garages in our homes where we park our cars inside and and of course uh we're we're too lazy to get out of the car each time and open the garage so we have these automatic openers that have the remotes inside the car and and pretty much <laughs> you know it, it it just we're we're guilty of this as well but sometimes i'll be out in the front yard uh mowing the grass or doing something and and I'll see my neighbor pull in in their driveway, and and you'd love to just stop and chat, but you know the you 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 all of a sudden you hear the garage door open, you peer down, and it's like oh here comes my neighbor, and they pull right into the garage, and boom, the garage door closes right behind them, and you just never say hi. That's about as far as it goes most of, most of the time. I mean that was very much my experience. Yeah. I mean I even bought I even bought one apartment one time where the. Uh, uh, the real estate agent actually said as kind of something that he was proud of that, you know, you, you're, you've got loads of privacy here. You'll never see um, other people. <laughs> like, why do you assume that's what I want? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so, so, so I'm really happy when, you know, we have like curry night every week where a bunch of us get together on a boat and we watch old, old bad English sci-fi um, episodes and we eat curry together and... Uh, and you can't you, you can't buy that kind of uh, of community spirit really. So tell me what curry is. Curry is an Indian dish. Um, so we kind of imported it from India when we were out invading that part of the world earlier in the century, last century. Um, and uh, it's basically a very hot and spicy dish with rice and uh, loads of spices, and you know it's kind of uh, lamb with rice and a great big hot spice so there's different levels of spiciness so some people like really hot vindaloo and some people like the really kind of mild korma which is more milky so uh, i'm surprised you've not heard of curry has it not reached the u.s well i i you know what i I, i'm one of those picky eaters that you know i eat the same eight things and and i stick with it so uh, probably my wife would be slapping me upside the head if she what do you mean what's curry come on (laughs) (laughs) i don't know any of this stuff i you know you're you're into mexican right i well you know i'm that's that's the funny thing i you would think that i'm into mexican but when i go to a mexican restaurant i always get the most american thing you can get which is basically basically steak that's cut up into little pieces uh with some with some sauteed onions and a little bit of cheese and you wrap it up in a flour tortilla and that's called a fajita (laughs) right that's about as mexican as i go it's kind of (laughs) kind of mexican i mean it sounds mexican to me yeah it is but uh but when it comes to refried beans and enchilada sauce and all that other stuff no that i don't go there I was down in San Diego one time a few years ago, and uh, I got taken to a proper Mexican. Well, as you know, as Mexican as it can get in in the U.S., I guess. And uh, that was pretty awesome, actually. I, I always said I didn't like Mexican until I went down there and uh, had some of the real stuff. Now we do like chipotle, but I, I don't know if that's real Mexican. 
but uh, it, it, it's really good. It, it's about the, it's, it is my favorite restaurant. So that maybe that's what you're referring to. Well, I always hear you talking to DG and you always seem to be, you know, going off to a Mexican restaurant almost immediately after the show every week. So <laughs> <laughs> DG and I do like to go and have our lunch. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like, let's finish the show as quickly as we can so we can get off. <laughs> <laughs> No doubt. Of course, we, we, we never want to leave anybody behind. So we sometimes record those conversations as well. Yes. Anyway, uh, so this is exciting. I'm, I'm glad to have you on. We, you know, we've only talked through email and chat rooms and stuff like that in the past. And this gives people, not only myself, an opportunity to talk to you, but other people to hear the conversation and to get to know a little bit more about you. Have you always lived in London? As I say, I was born in, in Yorkshire, so that's oh, about, okay. uh, I guess, 200 miles north of London. So I was I was raised there, and I lived there till I was 18, and I went to college even a bit further north, um, Durham, which is kind of like, I guess, 25 miles south of the border for Scotland. I'm not quite sure. can't remember now. But then I came down to London to find work, so that's how I ended up here. And I've been here pretty much ever since, trying to escape as soon as I arrived, to be honest. Gotcha. Now, are you married? I'm not. I, I have a boyfriend who lives on another one of these narrowboats. Um, so he lives about uh, 300 yards down the down the path. Right. Um, no. Which is quite nice because, you know, then we're not in each other's hair. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're getting ready to move here soon. Is that correct? That's right. Yes. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? You, sh- you shared it with me in an email, but I'd, l- I'd I did. love to hear the story about, you know, the, the debt free and, and some thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, I've always um, been someone who's been quite cautious with money. So back in the days when I wasn't earning very much at all, I used to, you know, track every single pound, uh, our great English pounds, which are almost worthless these days. Um, And so I got in the habit of being really cautious with money and I didn't never like debt. Of course, this was before I got into into business and trading and so on, which is all entirely based on debt. Yeah. And uh, that that completely threw me for a while. And so I couldn't really understand what these people were doing. So my background was actually in software development. And I only indirectly got into into the trading side of things by doing software for oil traders. And that's how I, I got to understand that business and realized that you know, they didn't know too much about what they were doing either. So why don't I, I have a go? <laughs> so, so eventually I, I, um, uh, I was living in South London and I'd bought this place that was in a kind of, uh, sort of an eco kind of estate, which the, the, the local council had built as a kind of demonstration model of how we could live sustainably. Mm-hmm. And it had solar panels on every roof and it had recycled water um, for showers and toilets, and uh, and it had on on-site power generation, and uh, it was pretty cool. Um, but it, because it was a demonstration kind of thing, no one really wanted to pay to keep it running. So various bits of it failed one by one, and uh, eventually I decided that this was. I mean, the community spirit actually wasn't that great either, considering how effective it could have been. So eventually I decided that you know what. If I actually sell my house now and buy a narrowboat, I would be completely debt free, right. and that was that was a really important thing to me that I would I would not own any own any land, but I would at least uh, 
you know, not owe any money to a bank. And this was all before the credit crunch and before the housing price crash. So it was at the very high of, height of the market. And I was lucky enough to sell my house uh, back then and just put the money in the bank. And, of course, that started to become scary when it looked like banks were going to fail and you're wondering where your money's going to go. So I thought the governments of both in the UK and the US seem to be just they're going to start printing money to get us out of this situation. So that means inflation's going to come and that means my savings in my bank account, which I've been relying on, are going to disappear so um, I figured that the best thing for me to do was look for some cheap property now and invest in that. And then I've got some land under my, under my feet that no one can ever take away from me, apart from maybe the queen. <laughs> she's, not, she's not really active in the property market these days. Um, so, so that's what I did. I bought this little kind of wooden cottage out in South Wales. And uh, me and my boyfriend were going to move there. And he just got made redundant. Um, I guess, I don't know if you have that concept in the US, but it basically means the funding ran out, so they have to say goodbye to him. Um, and so just at the right time, kind of, he's freed up, so he's going to go over there and his responsibility is to do the DIY And because uh, it's a pretty ramshackle old place. So, you know, we have to install a washing machine and redo the wiring and build a polytunnel so that we can do vegetable growing and that kind of stuff. And for a little while, I'm intending to carry on doing doing the business that I'm doing, working out of there, uh, just using the internet, which is pretty cool, because say my boss is in Miami, so he doesn't care where I live, as long as I've got access to the internet. Right. Um, but, you know, hedge funds are not doing so well right now, so who knows how long that'll last. Wow. And uh, uh, so, you know, there may come a time, you know, maybe next year sometime when, uh, neither of us have solid work. So, you know, it's kind of preparing now to get as debt-free as possible while well, we are debt-free, but to kind of prepare now for having a very low income after having quite a reasonably good one. Like, I'm sure you understand how that goes. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. Uh, so, yeah, and, and I'll tell you, it, 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 it's, a, it's a blessing when you're able to be able to, to, to be in that spot where that, you know, the loss of a job is not devastating to you because, financially you don't have all that weight of, of debt on your back. It totally is. And in fact, you know, in some ways I actually almost welcome the push because I would have, I've sat in my job for, you know, four years thinking, oh, well, I, I, it, it's kind of a soul destroying job and everyone around me is stressed all the time. And, you know, it's not really where my heart is and I want to get out. And, and then they, you know, they give you a pay rise or something and you're going, oh, well, maybe just one more year. <laughs> and so you wonder if you're ever going to actually have a life because work, working, working in finance, even though, you know, the, the rewards are financially quite good. You are working, you know, 10 to 12 hour days all the time. Yep. And I was quite regularly getting home at 8, 9 p.m. at night and going pretty much straight to bed and then getting up and going straight back to work again. Sounds and, like one of those yeah. soul sucking jobs. <laughs> It does soul sucking <laughs> jobs like yours in insurance. So, so I'm I'm quite happy that you know the whole thing may come to an end quite shortly. Absolutely. What about any hobbies? Are, do you, do you have any kind of uh, fun things that you just like to do? Yeah. Well, I I was listening to your uh, your your uh, little show yesterday where you were being interviewed by what's that guy's name? Matthew something or other. Matthew Scott. Yeah. 
And you were saying something along the lines of, uh, you've got to ask yourself, what would you do if, if money wasn't an object? Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of asking myself that at the moment because that may be the situation. And uh, I don't mind if I earn you know, quite a small amount of money, just enough to cover my costs, as long as I'm doing something that's meaningful to me. And yes. I would use the same, the same phrase as you. Um, I would have originally said something that I love, but then, of course, you're not going to love it all the time. So the, the, the idea of meaningful work is, is really important. So the thing that is my hobby at the moment is actually writing. I, really, I used to be really into creative writing when I was back in school. And I, I had two options. I could either go down the kind of maths and science and computers route and earn money, or I could go down the kind of English literature and creative writing route, and, and music is my other hobby, and and go down that kind of humanities route. And under pressure from my parents, well, I guess I can't say it was too much pressure, but there was a kind of sentiment in my family that earning money was very important. So yeah, I kind of I I, I kind of went into that science route and just left behind all the music. I, I'd been in a band. We'd had a a CD recorded back in the late eighties. Really? And uh, yeah. Well, what, were you, and I, did you play <clears throat> instrument or did you sing or? No, it wasn't. A, it, we, we didn't do singing. It was back just when the electronic kind of dance music was getting started. Okay. And uh, so we were doing stuff like the Orb and uh, Jean-Michel Jarre and 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 Kraftwerk and people like that, I guess. And uh, and so we we did a lot of electronic music. So we did a few gigs. We got on the radio a few times, but it never really took off because it was it was kind of uh, a bit before before the right time, I guess. So it never went anywhere. But I really enjoyed performing and being on stage and uh, and doing the recording and being creative with the music. So I kind of missed the fact that that went away. So you know when you when you when you hear people like. Uh, um, who was it? Hannah, was it that you had the, the music you just had on? Oh, Hannah V. Yeah. So when you hear someone like that at age thirteen, who's who's producing that? I mean, I remember my my ability was kind of at its peak for music around seventeen or something, um, and I kind of regret not pursuing that further. So I would definitely encourage her to you know stick with it, as I'm sure she's going to, since she's so obsessed with it. Yeah, it's uh, it's always a shame when that kind of gets left behind in pursuit of kind of accountancy or something. Right. Now, <laughs> just just so you know, Hannah's in actually in the chat room now. She she actually came in after we finished recording, and she, uh, she yeah, I, I guess I guess she's telling me now that I I, I guess I was wrong. I, I thought she was thirteen. She's actually saying she's twelve. So, wow. Right. But e- but even still, yeah. Now. Basically, you had so you've you've been involved in in a in, in a musical band that's that's been on the radio and stuff like that. Um, yeah. What what kind of things are you looking to do in two thousand nine and in 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 the future going going forward? Well, what are some dreams ra- that you have? Oh well, I mean, writing a book is definitely the number one dream because that's the thing I've been I've been trying to do for so long, and I've been really close to it. I got ninety thousand words into a novel one time. Um, a couple of years ago, and I've got 20,000 words into a novel a couple of times. And it just kind of, I get to, I'm such a perfectionist, it gets to a point where I just don't feel like the story is going exactly where I want it to go. And so I kind of stop and I think, well, maybe I'll just leave it for a bit and think about how it's going to go. And then and then I, I, I lose interest in the story because it's not in my face the whole time and I drift off to other, other things and then my life takes over and three months later I'm back and I'm kind of having another go. 
What kind of? So I definitely want to finish that. What kind of novel were you working on? Uh, that one was kind of. Uh, I guess it would. You'd call it either magical realism or urban fantasy. Okay. So it's kind of like real world, but it has spiritual, magical elements to it. So unexpected things happen. Like uh, my original story, the one that I almost finished, was about a group of um, eco-warriors living in a woodland. So they'd kind of squatted this woodland and built a little community with tree houses and so on. And they were being um, uh, pursued by the local council who wanted to evict them, as they always do, because you know, you've got to get planning permission to do anything in this country. So uh, so they did uh, the kind of pagan thing of they raised a kind of pagan wood spirit to defend their rights to live in the woodland against the evil kind of property developers. And uh, unfortunately, this, this, this spirit kind of had its own ideas and went on a rampage. And then they had to kind of decide, well, you know, it's gone on a rampage, but it's only killing kind of these property developers. So maybe that's OK. You know, or, or maybe there was a more moral kind of, well, you know, killing's just generally wrong, so we have to stop what we created. So right. that was the kind of story idea behind behind that one. And most of my, I, I, I love writing about spiritual things. So anything where there's a church involved and good and evil and, you know, stories about vampires I love. So, you know, I, I'm looking forward to going and seeing this Twilight movie at some point this week, um, oh. which would be really cool. Let me ask you about some involvement that maybe you've had recently uh, in, in, as it relates to the community here of GSPN. How, how long have you been listening to GSPN content? I've been, I, I guess I first heard your stuff um, back around, I can't remember if it was second season Lost or third, because I watched the entire first season of Lost on DVD. I, I kind of came to it kind of late. And because uh, I didn't realize that it was sci-fi and I love sci-fi and, and to me Lost was just kind of like this celebrity survivors get me out of here kind of thing. That's what I assumed from all the well, promos. Well, that's, you know, that's that was the original uh, that was the original uh, talk from from the network. That's how they promoted it that first year. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, that's that's what I heard about it. And so that's why I, I never I was, watched it. It's just going to be all these celebrities, um, you know, all shiny people. And then I thought, well, you know. It's it's still really popular. Maybe I'll just buy those DVDs and watch them. And I watched the first DVD, and it was completely awesome. Yeah. And you know, I watched all of season one in about two days, mm-hmm. and from that point on, I've been absolutely hooked ever since. And then I started obviously going and looking for podcasts, and I found Jay and Jack, and I found the transmission, and I found yours. But I also heard about yours independently through Father Roderick, who I'd been listening to because you know my interest in churchy stuff right um i'd been listening to his podcast quite avidly and he mentioned uh cliff ravenscraft and i'd heard about you mentioned um from the lost ones as well so kind of came to you from two different directions great and i listened i listened i listened originally um to when it was you and stephanie and your next door neighbor and i actually actually really regret that um she disappeared so i thought that the three of you together was really good yeah, it was, uh, was a really good dynamic because, um, you know, it's no secret that my favorite character is John Locke. And uh, I absolutely loved him in season one and have been following his progress ever since. And I think it's really great that he's become the main character. But I know Stephanie doesn't like him at all. <laughs> so well, so I kind of like I'm on the opposite. Every time Stephanie's like, 
you know, oh, I love this episode because John Locke dies. I'm like, no, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I kind of, I must admit, I didn't actually, you know, it, your podcast of Lost wasn't my favorite because of that. And I always <laughs> knew I was going to have to listen to Stephanie whining about John Locke for the whole thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one thing's for sure, she, she, there's no way that I can keep her from sharing her opinions. And she's... No, she, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but uh, who knows? Maybe she, she, maybe she'll warm up to to John Locke this season. Yeah, now she knows he's dead. Maybe that'll be okay. May, maybe. Uh, so anyway, you, so you found out about us through Lost, and you started listening to some other shows, I guess. Uh, yeah. Well, that was when it really uh, hit me what GSPN was about because you know originally it was just a Lost podcast, like the transmission, and it was just something I listened to on the way to work or whatever. And uh, then I, I think what, what happened was I was just looking around for some more podcasts to listen to because I had a little bit of spare time on the way to work and there wasn't enough lost content out there. So I went back to your site and I saw, and for the first time I actually saw that you did all these other podcasts as well because I hadn't actually realized. I just found it through iTunes and searched for Lost. Um, so I then discovered you had all these other podcasts, and the one that really interested me was uh, the one about, um, I think it morphed into My Crazy Life, but it was originally about uh, doing the work you love. I can't remember what you oh, called yeah. it originally. Pursu- pursuing Your Passion. That's the one. So I started listening to Pursuing Your Passion, and that's how I realized that you were um, about to go full-time podcasting and that really excited me because that that hooked into you know my goals of uh doing what i what i love for a living and uh, so i was really excited about you doing that and and from that point on i really wanted to support you um uh financially and emotionally as it were to do that because obviously that's my dream as well so if 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 you can't make it then you know that makes my dream harder to achieve as well i guess (laughs) there are a lot of people out there rooting for us on a daily basis because they just want to know it can be done so I'm sitting here, you know, still earning money and thinking, you know what, if I have to, I'll just, you know, pay him a salary to keep this up because I don't <laughs> want to, so maybe someone will do that to me when I, when I, uh, when I, uh, stop, stop my uh, full-time work. Ah, that's great. Well, I, I certainly appreciate it. And of course, uh, the, we're, there's no question that you have, have definitely found a, a keen interest in the, about the church podcast, which I don't want to go into right now because in about in about five minutes, we're going to wrap up here, and and we're, and we're going to talk about that because I, I'm very interested in in talking to you because just the ongoing conversation that we've had, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. But I, I guess to wrap things up here is I'm not going to ask you to do the the normal testimonial for the GSPN.TV Plus membership because you've <laughs> I don't think you I can did t- one. I don't think you can top the one that you've done. And it's, you know, people are actually requesting that audio file. They just want that file so that they can listen really? to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. It's really great stuff. So anytime you want to write and, and record one of those, you send them right our way. We we absolutely okay. loved it. It's I think it's been featured on almost every podcast that we produce now. So we, right. I, I people find, will be sick of me by now. Well, the thing is, I, I, I think I played it at at least once on all of our shows and then I just requ- I've I went ahead and retired it for at least a couple months so I, who knows it, it might come out and make a, a reappearance <laughs> in the future but it's on it's on the gspn.tv plus page for anybody who hasn't heard that testimonial of uh, plus membership uh, sign up today or we'll nag you again tomorrow 
tagline. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I was just, it was late at night, about 1 a.m., and I thought, well, I better do my testimonial now. And I started doing it off really serious, and it just went, <laughs> it went off in this. I think it helps when you're on the verge of sleep that something crazy comes out like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's when your, cre- your creative brain is working. Right. Well, Tess, it's been great having you on uh, the Community Voice podcast. If folks want to uh, check you out online, do they have? Do you have a blog or do you use Twitter? Uh, I kind of do use Twitter a little bit, but not very much. What What's your Twitter ID, just in case anybody was interested? You know what? I can't even remember, Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I, I'm I'm certain that I follow you, and I've got it listed in the Plus membership database. So yeah. I'll put a link in the show notes to episode number seven of the Community Voice. Thank you so it's much, probably... Tess. Okay, thank you, Cliff. Oh, did you want to say what it was? I think it was Soul Song. I can't remember whether I actually set that one up or not. I, I'll tell you what. How about this? I'm just gonna restart that music in the background and. Go to Plus Membership Database, and I will tell you in literally seconds. We will type in Control-F, Tess, hit enter. Your Twitter ID yep. is Soul Song. That's correct, yes. I All found right. it there. Twitter.com slash Soul Song. That's the best place to find uh, uh, Tess right now. And and anybody out there, just give her a little nudge, and she'll she'll say hello. Yeah, I'll say what I'm doing. All right. Well, thank you very much. And uh, folks, check her out over at About the Church. Um, Not sure with the episode, but uh, just look for one of the recent episodes we're getting ready to record right now. Thanks again. Thank you.